Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Suzanne Blunson. Today we're looking at the Mafia and its infiltration into the food chain in Italy. Hannah Roberts investigated the problem and she tells Josh Noble what she discovered. So Hannah, you met Giuseppe Governale, the head of Italy's anti-mafia investigative directorate. What did he tell you about the extent of this problem and what needs to be done about it? Well, General Governale is from Palermo and has spent his entire career fighting organised crime. And he told me that all the main mafia groups in Italy, that's Cosa Nostra from Sicily, the Camorra from Naples and the Drangheta from Calabria, they're all involved in the agricultural industry. And he handed me a worryingly thick dossier detailing all the main police investigations into the so-called agro-mafia that have happened over the past two years. But he also explained that you know, the origins of the mafia are in farming. It's not a completely new phenomenon, especially in Sicily, where they historically acted as middlemen under the feudal system between landowner and peasant farmer. Then from sort of the 70s and 80s, the mafias made a lot of their money in cities in the drug industry. But from then onwards, legitimate businesses in agriculture and farming and restaurants and supermarkets have provided a way of laundering the money that they make from businesses like drugs and extortion. You say there's a long history linking the mafia to the soil, but there is also a sort of more recent phenomenon, thanks to the credit crisis, that's accelerated things. I mean, can you explain the link between the sort of economics of the last decade and what's been going on? Yes, the phenomenon has been greatly exacerbated by the economic crisis, which has lasted most of the past decade in Italy, whereby the mafia, who are cash-rich, have been able to buy up businesses that are in trouble and lend money where there is little liquidity in the market. How extensive do we think this business is and how important is it now to the Mafia? Well, it now extends to wherever there is money and opportunity. So, for example, you know, beyond the south of Italy to the wholesale markets of central Italy to the north, where there are increasing numbers of local councils who are responsible for awarding farmland leases, which are able to procure EU subsidies. Increasing numbers of these councils are being shut down for mafia infiltration. The business extends to restaurants. Analysts say that one in five restaurants in Milan and Rome are being used to launder money for organised criminal gangs. So is this now sort of big business for the mafia? Does it rank alongside some of its other revenue streams in terms of cash? It certainly does. Analysts at the observatory that observes the agro-mafia in Rome estimate that the industry is now worth more than 22 billion euros a year. So that's about 15% of the total estimated mafia turnover. And bigger than a lot of Italian businesses, I assume. Bigger than the biggest Italian businesses. Now, another character from your story that illustrates the costs of trying to push back against the mafia is Giuseppe Antocci. Can you tell us a bit more about his story? Mr Antocci, who was president of a protected reserve in Sicily, uncovered evidence that up to 80% of farmland leases in the reserve were under mafia control. And just having the names of certain powerful people linked to the mob in the tender 
was enough to scare off others from applying for the tender. So often these mafiosi and their associates got the land at a low rent. Then mostly the land wasn't being farmed or used for grazing, but just left fallow while the control of the lease claimed EU subsidies on the land. Mr Antocci estimated that a single mafia family could earn between five to eight million in a single EU budget session. But he started working to make this impossible by bringing in strict checks on those applying for leases of public land. And these checks already existed, but only for the more valuable leases of over €150,000 a year. Until this point, cheaper leases just went under the radar. And Mr Antachi also worked to bring in retrospective confiscations of land. So he was really hitting these criminals where it hurt them in their pocket. He quickly faced death threats, you know, really terrifying notes written with old-fashioned cut-out newspapers, things like, you will end with your throat cut. And he was under police protection. But eventually, in 2016, he was the victim of a serious assassination attempt when a pair of hitmen shot at his car. So they were shooting at the wheels because he was in an armoured car, but they also had petrol bombs on them to set the car on fire, which would have forced him out. But it's an incredible story. A local policeman had got worried because he'd seen an unusual number of mafia lookouts in the town and was suspicious. So he decided to just go and check up on the other car and found it in trouble. So there was a shootout and luckily Mr Antocci survived. What was the impact of that event on Mr Antocci's life and on his efforts to rein in this illegal activity? Well, in some ways it's been a success in that his work has been rolled out beyond Sicily to the rest of Italy. These measures are being brought in nationwide. But the impact on his life has been tremendous. He says he'll never be the same again. It was a terrifying experience. In the moment when his police guard were pulling him out of the car, he thought he was being kidnapped. And now he lives with soldiers outside of his house and just really feels the impact that this must have on his children. He feels that they can't live a normal life. The Mafia's agro-business seems to extend from olives to fresh produce to wheat to wine. In terms of seeing it from the point of view of a consumer, how does it impact us as consumers and, and what should we be doing about it or how should we think about it? Well, for the most part, it's not a serious health problem in that the criminal organisations don't want to cause a public health emergency. So it's very unlikely that the olive oil in your supermarket trolley will make you ill if it turns out not to be olive oil. It's likely to be harmless sunflower oil. But obviously you're being ripped off, you're paying for something that you're not getting. And there have been cases where there could be more of a health problem. For example, Europol officers told me about a case where they discovered fake mozzarella was being smoked because you can get tasty smoked mozzarella in the back of a van with burning rubbish. So there's plenty of horrific stories like this, like bread being made with sawdust in it or um, asbestos, things that maybe wouldn't cause you to get seriously ill immediately, but in the long term are not great for your health. Having said this, most of Italian food is very good. They haven't had such a strong organic and local food movement as we have had in the UK, for example, because their food has always been local and organic and seasonal. And so this doesn't mean we should stop buying Italian food, but it does mean we should ask 
our supermarkets in the UK or outside of Italy to make the proper checks. The supermarkets have a responsibility to make sure they're getting the best produce. And what about the Italian government? We have a relatively new government in place. Are they taking any steps to try and reduce this problem? Yes, the new government, which is a coalition including the Five Star Movement, has proposed a new law which would create new crimes, for example, agro-piracy, which would be food fraud, because the previous legislation doesn't really allow for a custodial sentence, so the worst that could happen would be a fine, and then businesses would just be allowed to keep on practising as usual. But although this law has been proposed by a five-star MPs, we don't really have a timescale for when it might actually be brought in because it's not on the planned programme of immediate reforms. That was Hannah Roberts talking to Josh Nable, and you can find a link to Hannah's story in our show notes. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with another news feature tomorrow. In the meantime, if you're not already a subscriber and would like to discover more FT content, do take a look at our latest subscription offer at ft.com offer. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.